Welcome to the Happy Homeschooler Podcast, a digital support group for everyone interested in a learning lifestyle. I'm your host, Jennifer. And I'm your co-host, Holly. Melody's having some connection issues today, so she won't be able to join us. But today we'll be discussing all the fun and learning you can have by using contests in your homeschool. But before we get to that, let's catch up a bit. I want to know what you've been up to, Holly. But first, did you see our new logo? Oh my gosh, it's so cute. Yeah, I love it. Perfect. I love it. I love it. Every little detail on it is just so whimsical and fun. Yeah, it's it's like a little uh, hide and seek game to look through it too. I really enjoy that. Uh, It really is. For anybody who hasn't seen our new logo yet, um, it takes some time to update it in some of our, like in Apple and things. So you might see it soon, but we hope you enjoy it too. So what have you been up to, Holly? Well, we are having some fun here at home with COVID this week. Um, My youngest son, after he had his parkour class, which is very physical and outdoors, I don't feel really great. And I'm like, hmm, did you take your allergy medicine? He's like, yeah. And it's very big allergy season here in central mm-hmm. Texas. So sure is. you always got to check into that first. But we came home and I took his temperature and he had a fever. And he said, I feel like I did when I had COVID. And I'm like, I got COVID test kits. Let's check you out. And boy, did he have COVID. Oh. <laughs> that thing showed positive as soon as I shoved the swab in. Oh. And oh. I was like, well, you got to wait the 15 minutes. But yeah, so... I've been taking all the supplements, trying to make sure I don't get it. We'll see what happens. <laughs> what, uh, like, so what are the guidelines for it right now? Do you even know? Are we? Are yeah, you supposed actually, to take I, them away or what are you supposed yeah, to do? Yeah, you're still supposed to not be around people while you have a fever. And I think that it's like five days, five days after the onset of symptoms, you should check and see if you still you know, still shown positive. And then if you have to go wear a mask, I think is what, but you know, it's funny because the state of California has a different guideline. Yeah. So that's why I'm so confused too. And I've yeah. seen a lot more people having it again recently and nobody's yeah. quite sure what they're doing. Well, and I was confused about how soon after exposure you get it because I had told, we were at church on Sunday and then I was like, oh my gosh, I should tell the people he had a youth group thing. And the woman I was telling about it, she goes, yeah, well, so-and-so and so-and-so also have it. And I'm like, I wonder if that's how he got it. And she goes, well, no, because you can you can be contagious two days before you have symptoms. And I'm like, okay. Uh, and so, but we didn't go anywhere last yeah. week. That <laughs> but makes then it difficult. Can, <laughs> it can incubate for up to 14 days, I read. That's so I don't long, know. yeah. So that's difficult think, to tell where you're yeah, getting exposed. You know, all we can but, do is if we uh, feel Luckily, bad, most people aren't getting home. too sick anymore. Yeah, right. For sure. Right, don't right. expose your germs to other people. Well, yeah. we have also been dealing with medical stuff at our house. We've had... Oh, no. Several family members having surgery in the last couple of weeks and dealing with that and everybody's doing great, but it's just a lot when, uh, and one of my sons is having surgery tomorrow to fix a, uh, rebuild a ligament behind his knee. So Mm. that's hopefully, and then my father-in-law is having surgery again next week. So it's just ongoing. Um, (laughs) 
<laughs> did you but, uh, did you notify your soon to be born grandchild to hold on just a little bit? <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, we had a run to the doctor yesterday for that. So ah. we have she's due in a month, but she's she's been having lots of contractions. So we'll see. But yeah, mm. a, a couple of weeks would be not, nice to get through the rest That's of these how surgeries. I always was. Yeah. <laughs> it just my kids were really aggravating. They were always overdue too. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. a long time to wait with that kind of stuff going on. Mm -hmm, but for sure. everybody here is doing well. It's just been a lot to take in and, you know, being it a support a lot. system. Are you doing okay? Hiring. I'm doing good. Yes. Thank okay. you for asking. Yeah, I'm good. Let's get into our topic today. So today we're talking about using contests and competitions in our homeschools. And so let's first just kind of talk about what that means. This isn't something I'm super familiar with because we didn't really use them in our homeschool. So I'm oh, you did? happy huh. to talk to you about this today and learn more about it too. So what is a contest and a competition? Are we talking about like playing games at home with your family or is this something different? Yeah, well, I mean, you can't be pretty competitive playing games at home, but no, contests and competitions are things that are external, right? They're not at your house. You didn't create them for the most part. They are things that are in the community or they're through civic youth, civic organizations. Competitions, you know, we're very familiar with the ones that 4-H does and my family. Yeah. Almost everything that 4-H does has a, com a competitive component. So right. if it's the food show, the kids learn about uh, good nutrition, they make a dish, they go and exhibit the dish, they answer questions about the nutritional aspects of it. If they rank well, they go on to another competition, a higher level. And at the end, uh, they can get cash prizes or they receive some kind of an award. Um, we joked around, like sometimes the kids would get a belt buckle, you know, those big silver yeah. and gold belt buckles. We <laughs> call those the big pig belt buckles. And uh, they're very prestigious and great. Yeah. Um, or a contest where, like my son recently did an essay contest through the Daughters of the American Revolution. He wrote an essay essay about mm -hmm. John Philip Sousa. That contest had the potential to receive a $50 cash prize if he placed, he didn't place in it, he's just going to get um, a recognition of having entered it. But, you mm -hmm. know, he's 11. And if I had That's a said, lot of money, hey, yeah, <laughs> we're going to write, we're going to learn to write an essay today, I would have had the eye roll, a lot of signing. Yeah been horrible, but he was motivated. So contests and competitions are external from your home. Okay. So yeah. other sources are hosting these basically and right. uh, you yeah. enter them. Oh. Okay. And yeah, and we all familiar. have some kind of prize at the end usually. They do. I mean, it might just be a certificate, but we're, you know, right. we're all really familiar with the national spelling bee. Right. Yeah. It's a big deal. Um, and it starts mm -hmm. on a local level. Contests give kids an opportunity to showcase something they're good at or develop new skills. So I, I love contests. I always so encourage my kids. Let's talk a little bit more about that part of it. What, what, how are they good for our kids? I mean, I think I, I can see a lot of value in it, but specifically, what are they learning from entering these contests and how do they benefit from them? Yeah, so I, I think it's a multi-layered thing. So in the, in the um, example of the 4-H competitions, the kids are learning project management. They're learning interview skills because they get interviewed. They're learning... Um, how to have healthy competition. So, um, you know, they have to know they might not win, 
right. but it's still worth co- competing. And then, you know, you don't yeah. want to be a cheater or a plagiarizer, things like that. So kids learn, I think they learn a lot of the things that they're going to take into the adult world and use yeah. on a job. You know, we all have to write in our jobs, uh, mm-hmm. even if you're just writing an email. So a competition where you have to write is preparing you to become a good communicator. Yeah, for amazing things. And I assume like the contest that your son is doing, the writing one, he had to do research for it. And yeah, he had to do research. Yeah. Had to learn how to restate information he'd learned without plagiarizing. He had to give his re- his uh, sources. It, it was a lot. Yeah. That's all. Those are all really good skills. And as far as homeschooling goes, they're all things that you can, you know, add to a transcript of things that they've experienced and learned. And, right. And that's and great. There's skills that you want your child to learn as part of their education for the most right. part. You want your children yeah. to be able to spell. So uh, if they mm-hmm. spelling bees might be good for that. We we just did an episode about um, geography mm-hmm. and there's a geography bee every year. Yeah. You know, we don't want our kids to confuse mm-hmm. Mexico and New Mexico. Right. <laughs> um, you know, so um, these uh, these competitions and these contests um, enable us to teach things that we want our kids to learn in a really fun way. And they yeah. can meet other kids. Uh, some of them are, you know, in person, in person, like the geography bee or the spelling bee, mm-hmm. they get together and practice so they, they can, you know, make new friends that way. Yeah. I just think that there's such a great way to teach and they're really underutilized especially I know that uh, one of the really popular ones in our homeschooling in the Austin area is the robotics club and they have a team oh yeah oh yeah science teams and things like that have you ever watched their videos it's so yeah fun. they're fun they are they wear, uh, I, I think I'd like to go watch one in, in person it would be fun to do yeah and I th- I think Liam would be interested in that when he gets a little bit yeah. older uh, he likes to do things with Legos and he likes motorized things so and we're going to need people that can do that stuff. You know, it, yeah. those tech skills aren't going away. They're just going to get more and more mm-hmm. in demand. So I think that, you know, if you're not using contests or and competitions, you, you're kind of missing out. Now, here's a funny story. So my middle son, when he was little, he liked baseball. I think he was like seven or eight. And there was a contest, an Oreo cookie stacking contest at, I think, the local <laughs> Walmart. And the prize was you got a baseball if you if you won. Oh. And he actually ended up winning in his division and he got this baseball. I still have it. Now, that wasn't real educational or anything, but he had to interact with people he didn't know. Yeah. Again, you're gaining social skills um, when you're doing these in-person ones. And he really won that baseball. I think he stacked 17 cookies. Well, and that's uh, educational in itself is that it you is, see something right? you want and you do the work that you need to do to get to yes, it. That's great. That's right. Goal setting. <laughs> yeah. Um, there are just so many things that kids can learn from contests and competitions that they're going to use their whole life. And when you involve more of your senses and things, you remember them better. 
Yes. And so um, that's another um, aspect of contests and competitions. Yeah. It's also, I think, a much more organic way of learning a skill than, you know, sitting down and using a textbook. And Mm -hmm. we've talked a lot about how that's probably the least effective way for most people to learn. So this is a great alternative to that. Let's talk a little bit about competition. So um, some people don't like that word. Yeah. Sometimes people think competition's a dirty word and that, you know, there shouldn't be winners and losers and, and they don't want their kids feelings to be hurt or, you know, things like there's all kinds of controversy surrounding Mm -hmm. whether your kids should compete in things. So how do you feel about that? What's been your experience with these contests and competitions? Um, Well, I think competition is good. And, I'm going to use a little example from my own childhood. So I used to love to do cartwheels and all kinds of little minor gymnastics things. And when I was in high school, I tried out for, I tried out for cheerleading, I think in junior high, which is very gymnastic. I didn't make it. And in high school, I tried out for a dance team and I didn't make it. What I found out was, you know, while I liked to do those things, I wasn't at that level, but I found that I really enjoyed writing and I got Mm -hmm. on the, the school newspaper and I took journalism and stuff. So I think that, you know, that was a type of competition trying out for something, um, you know, and I think what it, I think competition is good in that respect where it kind of helps you figure out where your skills lie. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I agree with that. Yeah. And we all know about these horrible sports parents that are on the sidelines yelling horrible things. Mm -hmm. Um, That's bad competition you know yeah. like my son does a race series and he got an award one year for being supportive of the other runners and I told him you know like, I love you, that that would make me so proud as a parent I Much was more yeah proud than yeah winning a race. yeah it was it's called the healthy kid award and they give it to someone who exemplifies the spirit of the healthy kids uh mm-hmm. running series and so um but I always tell him like first of all you know everybody can't win mm-hmm. and so whoever places first they worked really hard. You congratulate right. that person. You tell them good race. Yeah, and yeah. third, you're not only competing against the other people in your race, you're competing against your own time. So, mm-hmm. and that's the thing I think to keep in mind in any kind of competition to, to stress to your kids, like other people are working hard too. And when you win, you want people to be nice to you and recognize you. So you right. need to be nice to them and recognize them and also realize that you're competing against your own self and to improve yourself, gain new skills, whatever. It's when winning is the only thing that it becomes. Right, to win at all costs, yeah. Yeah, yeah. we had at one time, this kid came up and uh, they were going to run and he said to my son, uh, my son said, well, uh, wishing you a good race. And the kid goes, well, I'm going to win. And my son said, maybe you will, maybe you won't. And he goes, my dad wants me to win. And I'm like, well, I hope you enjoy running too. (laughs) Like that's the wrong, the wrong message, you know? Yeah. And, and I think that there's a lot of good learning involved in competitions when you lose as well. Oh, you learn a lot more from your failures than your Mm -hmm. successes. And we can't all be winners. And if you pad the way for your kids and make everything they do successful when it's something really serious on the line and it goes bad they're not going to have the skills yes. to to work their way through that uh, you know, i don't i really don't believe in protecting kids from everything i think in particular the essay essay type contests that you your kids can enter are so helpful for later on applying to colleges and things like that. And, and that in itself is a competition and it's, it's kind of, it, it's difficult Very and can be heartbreaking. Yeah. And so I, I think that's a really nice lead up to practicing, you know, 
not winning the essay contest, but still giving it your all, you know? Yeah. Yeah. My son was, uh, he said, he asked me, you know, like, uh, do you know how the contest went? And I said, oh yeah, I got an update for him. And I'm like, yeah, you know, um, your essay day and place this time around, but then next year you can do it again. He goes, yeah, I probably will. Right. Yeah. He wasn't discouraged by not and that's um, great motivation. right out of the gate. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. awesome. So what about, so we talked a little bit about the benefits for kids and how they're good for our kids. What about for us as the parent and the homeschool teacher, what are the benefits for getting our kids involved in these competitions? Well, like I said, if I had asked him, if I'd said, oh, today we're going to learn to write essays. Yay. Uh, Okay. Get a piece. You know, (laughs) he would have been like, I don't want to write an essay. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. You know. In 4-H, the kids do something called a record book, and it's basically a lot of little essays about the things they've done, where they, they talk about, they have to write a thing about themselves. Uh, and they do like that bio for whatever project they're involved in, right? For any project? Right. So, yeah. Yeah. So a typical record book will have their little essay about themselves, and then for each project they've done, they'll write basically like a report, and they'll have photographs, and they'll talk about mm-hmm. how they... And they look for things like, did they do leadership in the project? Did they do uh, service, community service in the project? How did they grow as a person? So they have a lot of evaluation. They have to do a lot of writing. And typically kids don't like it. Does that go into the competition? Like, for example, you mentioned like it the does. The record books compete against. Yeah, the record books compete against each other. Oh, and, and so in their they, own competition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, so. Cool. Okay. And now um, they pay in our county. The kids get um, a cash re- a cash award for entering, and then mm-hmm. I guess they get a cash award if they advance. But my kids hated doing the record book, but they liked the idea that they might win something because they did the record <laughs> yes. book. And then later on, my daughter, who um, who was really the my middle daughter, uh, was a career forager. She was in it for the long haul, and she ended up applying for and receiving a scholarship. She got a $25,000 scholarship. That's awesome. Um, and the record books and all that she had created were useful in filling out this very lengthy application yes, for the scholarship. <laughs> and she had to go yeah. be interviewed. And she'd had all this experience being interviewed because mm-hmm. of the competitions she had done. And when she went to apply for a job in high school, she didn't have any worries about the job interview. She'd been interviewed so many times before that. <laughs> That's wonderful. So, so for the teacher, you know, you get your kids are more motivated. Yeah. So instead of forcing them to do things, I would say to my girls, oh, they have a fashion show and, and you can do the consumer buying division. So they had to learn how to evaluate products, clothing and items, and they could go shopping, get new clothes and do this competition. So I'd be like, hey. like, in some instances, in some of these different types of contests, the, another benefit to us as homeschool teachers is kind of outsourcing some of their learning and Mm-hmm. They're learning from other avenues than just from us, which also is a good motivator. Sometimes our kids are tired of us being their teacher. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh. And sometimes we're not that proficient in a certain area. Right. Like there, mm-hmm. there's the math decathlon. Mm-hmm. Believe me, I would definitely not right. be <laughs> leading that. But, you know, um, for kids who are interested in math or maybe kids that you want to help motivate them to get better at math, they might like a math decathlon. Um, Or any of these clubs we were talking about, like the robotics or something that that participate together in these contests. 
Mm-hmm. They teach the kids the skills while they're there together. And that's, that's really awesome. Right. And a lot of times there's more buy-in if the kids have a peer group to do something with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was in a church, when I lived in Ohio, they had um, this play competition that you, each uh, church group would create a play and then perform it. And then you could go, if you're, if your play advanced, you could go and perform your play at a higher mm-hmm. level and stuff. Like it was super fun to be involved in something like that, to build skills and, and meet more people and, and have these competitions, I think is a wonderful thing to give our kids. Even though I didn't use them. And I honestly, I don't know why we didn't use them because it's definitely our kind of thing that we would do. <laughs> um, I don't know. I guess they just weren't on my radar. Like I knew about these things, but it just wasn't mm-hmm. something we did. Um, but I could see in the type of homeschooling that I do with my family in unschooling or in like project-based schooling type situations that these for for myself as a teacher would have been really useful to help support my kids' interests. Because I m- most of our schooling is interest led by, by my mm-hmm. kid, you know, so when they yeah. want to do, you know, learn about something or they're interested in a topic, I just help them find resources. And I can see how, um, contests and competitions would have been a really great resource for me as their parent to help find them find other ways to get into well, their um, So you're saying you didn't, you didn't your son and your gardening group, didn't you all in, enter some kind of a contest or competition for a grant? or something? We did do a grant thing, but there wasn't, yeah, we did, but it really wasn't, mm, we didn't do, I mean, we were doing all the gardening stuff already as not as part of the contest. So we didn't really Mm -hmm. do anything for the contest other than share share what we were doing already, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Um, I guess that makes sense. I don't know why I, I latched onto some of these things, but I saw really early on that my kids had more buy-in. And for, I would definitely, it's example, something I would definitely include now if I was going back and starting over. <laughs> mm-hmm. And my, my younger, youngest son that I'm homeschooling now, he likes competition. Um, when the first time I asked him if he wanted to do the running series, he was like, yeah, I want to do that. And he keeps going back every season. Um, he's mm-hmm. for now until he ages out of it in seventh grade, he'll run the mile. So now his, um, his competition is with himself a lot, you know, right. to improve his, to get faster improve, yeah, improve his technique and getting faster. He's also made some friendships. Like he sees some kids over and over again and we've seen them at other things. And so, um, you know, it's like a nice community for him. That's great. And also they're meeting people who are interested in the same things. So that's mm-hmm. really for everybody. Yeah. Well, let's take a short break to hear from our sponsor. And when we return, we'll talk about some more examples that you have for us, Holly, and um, where you can find contests. This February, fall in love with Transcript Maker. Any homeschooling parent with a student in high school knows that very soon they're going to need a transcript. You can write one by hand, but it takes hours. And you can make one in Excel if you can somehow get it to actually do what you want. Or use Transcript Maker. Transcript Maker is the online service that lets you make professional high school transcripts quick as you like from the comfort of your own home. But what about grade point average? You could fill up a notebook trying to work those out. Transcript Maker calculates it for you. You just enter your student's courses and grades and boom, 
GPA. Another computer program to figure out how to use. What if I get confused and mess something up? Transcript Maker is super easy to use, but if you do get confused, they have a helpline to assist you and answer your questions. What if I need help at midnight? They have a knowledge base on their website filled with helpful articles and tutorials. I'm trying to save money right now. I don't know if I can afford an expensive program. Transcript Maker offers a 14-day free trial so you can see how you like it. And then you can get 20% off the cost of your subscription with the coupon code HAPPY. That's H-A-P-P-Y in all caps. Wow, do I love that. How do I get this wonderful service? Go to www.transcriptmaker.com today. Transcript Maker. Simply better transcripts. Welcome back to the podcast. In the first half, we talked about what contests and competitions are and how you can um, use them in your homeschooling and what the benefits are. And now we're going to talk a little bit more about some personal examples that Holly has experienced with her children. So tell us about some of your experiences, Holly. We mainly, like I said, we mainly did a lot of the things through 4-H, but the great part about that was that they could do it in any subject area. So one of my daughters, um, she competed in the photography contest. She was really interested in photography. Another daughter, uh, well, my two other daughters, they liked to bake, my oldest daughter more than any of them, and they could enter baked goods into the, the home food skills show. I think they call it. They probably still call it home skills, but I'm not sure if it's been a while. But anyway, they have an auction. So if your baked good gets judged as um, grand champion or reserve grand champion, it goes into this auction where they also have auctions, like all the animals that got to be right. champions or reserve. Mm-hmm. And uh, what the kids do if they if they have a baked good is they bake a new one to give to whoever buys their baked good at the auction. We got excited about this one year because we went with some other friends who were in 4-H and we saw a girl get like, I don't know, $700 for a cake. And my daughter turned to me and said, I am baking a cake. (laughs) And so um, my, yeah, like who wouldn't want that? So my middle daughter, um, she got reserve grand champion one year for her cake and she got $600. She, she would have gotten more. Yeah, she would have gotten more, but the guy who had grand champion, he wasn't very showmany with his baked good, and they auctioned that one off first, uh-huh. so they couldn't give her more. They wanted oh, to, but I they see. couldn't give her more. Than <laughs> yeah, and then the next year she she made orange sweet rolls, and she got another six hundred dollars at the auction. Wow. Yeah, and you know, kids that do, I'm. I'm sure everybody has seen a news story in their in their area about a kid who sold a, a cow, um, right. a steer or something like thousands of dollars at a livestock mm-hmm. show. So mm-hmm. some of these kids can make a pretty nice chunk of change towards their college education. Yeah, that's amazing. And what awesome skills they're practicing mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Is it, do you, yeah. Or 4-H contests, homeschoolers can get into 4-H pretty easily, right? Oh, yeah. 4-H is, there are a lot of homeschoolers in 4-H. Okay. It's considered loosely like UIL somewhat. Like my kids, I always had to sign a paper that said they were passing their classes for them to enter the competitions. But I okay. never had to provide like any information about right. their grades or anything like that. But um, but they do want the kids is to that, be passing. Are 4-H rules uh, national or is it by state or county or how does that work? Yeah, so 4-H is a national organization. 
And then each state has an AgriLife Extension Service that oversees it. So, okay. But they generally would all follow the same like guidelines for contests they, and things like yeah, that. Yeah, they generally do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, you know, they are, they have, they've been in existence for over a hundred years now. So mm-hmm. they've been doing this a long time and they have cohesive rules and things. And you can go online and look at them. But I also know that, you know, there are other youth organizations that have contests or or um, achievements that kids can work towards. Like we've all heard about Eagle Scouts. So um, right. Eagle Scouts is a competition, but it does have similar components where uh, there's project management. Mm-hmm. And the the kids have to create a project that can be ongoing after they leave. Girl Scouts is kind of the same way. They have a gold star award project that they have to create and keep going. It has to be able to be self-perpetuating, I guess. So even if it's not strictly yeah. a competition, it still has some of those components of things you want your kids to right. learn. Mainly we just did the um, the 4-H and then my youngest son, he's been involved in the running series and he started playing basketball last year. Again, it's not a competition per se, but you know, his team did want to win and they didn't win some <laughs> of their games and they had to yeah, I had to go over and, and greet the other team and shake their hands. Yeah, you, and... we should maybe uh, talk about doing a, a podcast episode on sports and homeschooling. I don't know if we've done that, but yeah, it is very related definitely to this and competition. But um, yeah, there's probably a lot more yeah, to talk about so... that too, because my kids have definitely done some sports and I just hadn't really considered that in the realm of what we're talking about today. But yeah, definitely. Yeah, related. I mean, they, so... they're definitely competing. So yes, it's, yeah, for it's sure. Kind of in that realm of competitions, yeah. So your younger son right now uh, recently did the essay contest. Did, have did you do other contests like that with your children? No, not with my older children. You know, it's been a while since they were home and and doing things. My middle son was interested in martial arts, and he ended up uh, working as an intern for the Kung Fu instructor, and he got a black belt, but it wasn't a, I mean, he competed, obviously, uh, against himself and his skills. He didn't (laughs) go to any, like, competitions against other people, although that, there was that opportunity. Yeah, we didn't really, we we haven't really. I was, so I'm, you know, questioning why I didn't use them, and you saying that you didn't really use some of those things as much with your older kids. My kids are mostly in the same age range as your older children are. And I wonder if the uh, increase in social media and resources has increased the availability of these types of contests and competitions. And maybe we just didn't really know a lot about them with our older children. Well, I did know about a lot of the different ones, but one of the reasons we didn't participate in them is because I had five kids and Mm -hmm. it would have been... (laughs) unwieldy I think to go to different things yeah so many different things so yeah yeah we had early on we limited the kids to the boys could do scouting because it wasn't uh, unisex at the time and anybody do 4-H that way we could all show up and Mm -hmm. do something Mm -hmm. as a group and now now we did do the science fair one year through for through um yeah homeschooling some science fairs Yeah, yeah which is another type of competition and I think we've probably did some other ones I'm not remembering, um, but but I did know about them. I just um, because I had so many kids and I was so busy already, I didn't stress them too much. <laughs> this 
this and may we were, have been we were already involved. Them. <laughs> yeah, that, that probably would be it. Um, yeah, that, I'm sure that had something to do with it. Now, I know that um, you can find contests in every subject area. And right. because my son has that interest in competing and he's got some dollar signs in his eyes, I do want to look a little bit more into the things we're studying and see if I can find contests that will help with that. Like a certain time period in history, uh, there are right. a lot of American history uh -huh. competitions. That's a great or, idea. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think um, it just makes it makes your homeschooling more fun for your kids. Mm -hmm. And especially since I have an only child, I have found that homeschooling him takes a little bit more. Um, I can't think of the word I want to use. I, I have to do a little bit more to keep his interest because he's homeschooling. You need a little more creativity. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, I think that what we're doing, a lot of what we're doing is is engaging and interesting. But I think yes. not having another kid or, uh, you know, like. Like um, my youngest daughter, she had trouble with math. So when she had some issue, her older brother could explain something in a way that I couldn't and helped her. Mm -hmm. But it's just him and me sitting yeah. at home. Now, we don't stay home all the time. He's, we go and do handicraft yeah, classes. You're, and you're busy. Yeah. <laughs> he does. Yeah, he does other things. But I think that to make his schoolwork a little more engaging, maybe, because he doesn't have other kids mm -hmm. in the house to do things with. Uh, I want to look at contests a little bit more intently to see if I can use those for him. So we already talked about uh, scouts and 4-H and other civic organizations like that being good resources for finding contests and competitions. Do you have any other particular resources you'd suggest for people? Well, I do know that uh, a lot of the VFW posts have some kind of contest yeah. mm -hmm. um, that's local. I know a lot of um, local organizations will have them. For example, our uh, electric cooperative has a contest every year. Yes. And do. kids can win, I think, $1,000 for college, which it's not a lot mm -hmm. of money, but it sure will buy some books. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, and then there are many national organizations that have contests. I know that a lot of um, state parks and national parks often have contests for kids, all different uh, types. But I've seen like, you know, draw our new badge, things like that. And then essay more things for older kids with essays and stuff like that, too. So your park systems are a good place, I think, to check out. And of course, your local libraries. Oh, yeah, they will definitely know. And then. Um... Oh, what was the resource of a, it's a teacher website. Let's see. You had that earlier. You yes. were telling me about it before we got on the podcast. The link for it. We'll include the link after our show. Um, the, the best 2024 competitions for students in grades K through 12. And that's on weareteachers.com. Uh, and I just briefly looked through that today. It has a great list of contests for all age groups and it's divided. The list is divided into age groups. So little kids I think up I, high school. Yeah, I think I looked at that when um, last year I, I wrote a blog post for Transcript Maker about using contests in your homeschool. And they had nationwide art competitions, writing, history, civics. It's just amazing number of 
contests everywhere. And so if you want to add contests to your homeschooling, it should be relatively easy to do. Um, even though Melody couldn't join us today, she did share that the Texas State Soil and Water Conservation Board sponsors a youth poster and essay contest every year. And the kids at her, I think the kids at her school or her own kids participated in it. And yeah, this is great information. Yeah. So pretty much if you want a contest, just put some search terms in. You know, if you're looking for a contest for elementary school for math, you'll find something. Um, and share some resources with us if you learn of any, because yes. I think... I think, you know, it's just some, it's an underutilized resource mm -hmm. and it can really enhance your homeschooling. I'm so glad we talked about this today because I didn't know much about it. And now, um, even though I'll be finished homeschooling my own children, I'll still be teaching some co-op classes next year. And I think I'm going to look into some of these resources to uh, use with my co-op too. What a great idea. Here at the end of our podcast, we like to answer a big question we've been seeing on our homeschooling groups. Holly, what's our big question for today? Today's big question is a really big one, and it generated a lot of enthusiastic conversation online. <laughs> Here's the question. When should you allow your child to quit something they started? The original poster went on to mention that her child started violin and grew tired of it. But this applies to a lot of scenarios. So what do you think, Jen? Oh, wow. So I, I actually, I read this post in the comments and I was so surprised at the strong feelings that people have about this topic. Uh, because first of all, I feel like it's a very personal question um, for you as an adult and you, your child for themselves, mm -hmm. but people felt extremely strongly about not allowing your child to quit something they started and were very almost argumentative <laughs> with people who disagreed with that. And I honestly, for myself, fall in the opposite camp. And I think we've talked about this on here before. I feel like if something's not working for you or your child, you should stop doing it because I don't feel like it serves a purpose if it's not working for you. And we've talked about that in relation to like choosing curriculum and things like that, mm -hmm. that, you know, don't keep trying to do something that's not working. I understand the concept of, well, I paid for lessons and I want my child to finish it out. I also understand people feeling like I don't want my child to be a quitter. I understand those, but mm -hmm. to me, that part is not important to me. The child doing things that make them feel fulfilled and uh, following the things that they're interested in instead of forcing an interest on them is more important to me. Mm -hmm. What do you think? How do you deal with that? Well, I have a couple opinions. Um, so one, I'm going to reach way back into my childhood. I took violin for a couple of years and I decided I wanted to grow out my fingernails and I quit violin. My mother let me quit. Uh-huh. Uh, I yeah. wish she had made me stick to it a little bit longer because I think I would have gotten past that little kid. Oh, this thing's important to me, but it's not really that important into mm -hmm. I could have had a lifelong enjoyment of music that mm -hmm. I don't have now. Um, I, I'm very wistful that I quit. On the other hand, yeah, before you go on, though, I have a question about that, because this is where what? I differ on that and that. But you can still pick it up. You're interested in it now. So you can learn of it course, now. Except as an adult, there's not as much time. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, but but something like that, I I would be like, well, if you've given it enough time and you've decided you don't like it, fine. But yeah. in other cases, like my son wanted to 
he wanted to, I think it was last year when he wanted to play basketball or it was something he was, it was something he was going to do. And it involved other people that mm-hmm. he would, he would be letting them down. And I he said, would be look, committed to, right. Right. I said, look, if you want to do this, that's fine. But when it gets hard or boring or whatever, you may not quit because other people will be depending on you and they won't right. be able to do the thing either. So I think there is some time when it, you know, it's okay to say, no, mm-hmm. you can't quit. Because you signed up for this whole package of information. Now, if it's a little kid, you know, you're going to temper it based on their age and all that. You know, I had a friend who said her kid was crying and and falling asleep on the way to soccer. He was like five. And I said, I think maybe you should just cut out soccer. He's just not ready It's obviously not. Yeah. But, you know, if your child's older and they've asked you to commit your time and your money and, you know, you've explained to them beforehand, like, here are the considerations and they they say they want to do it. I think it's a valuable learning experience that they should do it and you should hold them to it. Obviously not if they're being bullied, not if, you know, there are lots of considerations, but Mm -hmm. we, I think we see a lot of times now in the adult world, people who don't honor their commitments and then the people who are in an organization having to deal with that. It's not very pleasant where you have to pick up the slack because somebody's like, I just didn't feel like it. I agree. I think there's, I, I feel like, though, that those are lessons your kids also need to learn. They need to learn how to quit things in the correct way, like how to be respectful of other people when something isn't working for them. Because I don't I don't want my kids to have a job that they hate and keep doing it just because they feel like they're supposed to do. I want them oh, to know sure. this isn't working for yeah. me. And then I want them to also consider that they are affecting other people and that you need to do it in a the right way. And for example, if you signed up for a season of basketball and you've committed to your team, then yeah, you finish the season of basketball because you're committed to your team. Not because, well, darn it, you said you're doing this, so you have to do it. But there's other right. other circumstances that are the reason why you need to follow through yeah. on that. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Like I've, I've allowed my kids to quit things, but yeah. I've also said, you said you were going to do this and I need you to honor your commitment because it's important. It's important, I think, to know that sometimes we have to do things that we're not enjoying mm-hmm. and that's part of life. You know, like sometimes I'll say, hey, I need you to put away the dishes and I go, I don't feel like it. Yeah. Your feelings on the matter are not important. The dishes have to be put away. Yeah, I 100% agree that there's things we have to do that we don't like, yeah. but I don't feel like extracurricular activities should be those things because it's something you chose to do, not something you have to do. So yeah, I, I feel mixed on that. I have no problem with people making different decisions for their kids than I make yes, for mine. I agree. But where I see the issue in any of these conversations is people just denigrating other people's choices. Uh, yes. That was what why was so can't we about just support each other as parents? Oh. You know, oh. my kids are not your kids. My life is not your life. I, if I you, have to tell you, some of the comments were like anger directed at the child from people who weren't related to the situation at all. Like, oh, that is, got, so you know, horrifying. you paid for it. You better make that child pay you back the money and, you know, stuff like that. That was very just really pushing harsh and, and abrasive. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, I feel like the world we live in now, uh, parenting has become so polarized, you know? Yeah, yeah, that makes um, sense. Like, yeah, it does too, because it does me too, because being a parent is hard. Yep. And we should just support each other more. Mm-hmm. We we actually have a perspective from a homeschooled child um, who is our 
producer uh, of this podcast. And she says that she would have loved to finish more things that she started when she was young and sometimes does have regrets over not having finished things. But if she had been made to feel like a jerk for trying something out and then not continuing with it, it would have just been a negative reinforcement. She wouldn't want to try anything. And that's the important part here. You know, like, yes, we want to teach our children to honor their commitments and all, but we, we don't want to teach them that at the expense of that child, their Mm -hmm. self-esteem, they, you know, we don't want to quash their interest yeah. in things just because they tried something out. And I think that's where your perspective comes from. Yeah, I think you know, it's a balancing act. It's not working I think it for can you. be hard. Yeah. You, just, you need to know your yeah. kids. You need to talk with your kids and see what, what's important mm-hmm. to them and, and how they are really feeling about it. Also, I, I suggest instead of going all into a hobby when a kid says they're interested in something, to try to find ways to try it out first before committing them to lessons or buying instruments mm-hmm. or things like that, you know, let them kind of find a way to step into things a little bit and test it first. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I love the. I have a friend who's been doing a handicraft class mm-hmm. and she's a person who naturally does handicrafts. So she's got like leather working and uh, resin working stuff and all this stuff. And we can go and try something out. And then if we like yeah. it, we can get some supplies yeah we don't have to lay out an expenditure um you know getting your kid involved in just playing playground games with other kids uh doing informal things like Mm -hmm. informally teaching them baseball and getting a group together they can try stuff like that out without getting into a league until they decide if they like it and that's where homeschool co-ops and um and things like that are great because they can try it and they don't have to buy it right it's just Mm -hmm. real short-term check into it, see if they like it. Before we go, we want to leave you with a few reminders. We wouldn't have a podcast without our listeners' support. And you can give us even more support by leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and sharing new episodes on social media. Remember that you can get 20% off the cost of your Transcript Maker subscription with our exclusive coupon code HAPPY. That's H-A-P-P-Y in all caps. If you want to send us a big question of your own, you can email us at happyhomeschoolpod at gmail.com. And you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at happyhomeschoolpod. If you want to learn more about anything we discussed today, check the show notes in the episode description or go to our brand new website, www.happyhomeschoolerpodcast.com. Next episode, we'll be discussing the continuing growth of homeschooling. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Jennifer. And I'm Holly. Happy homeschooling. Hi, this is your host, Jennifer Jones. Thank you for listening to the Happy Homeschooler podcast, a transcript maker production. My co-hosts are Holly Williams-Urbach and Melody Gillum. This podcast was produced by Matthew Bass and edited by Nora Williams. Our graphic design is by Pete Soloway and our music is by The Great Pangolin. You can find more of her work on YouTube and Twitter at Kylie Wins. That's K-A-I-L-E-Y Wins. If you'd like to help our podcast grow, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Or, as always, tell people about us.